Welcome to On The Verge. This podcast will highlight interviews from entrepreneurs, musicians, and professional golfers. It will center around what tools they have used to help them reach their dreams, how they use golf to further their career, whether it be for escape from the rigors of their profession or to build more business, and how the communitas of wine, music, and golf enrich their lives. This is all about the enjoyment of life, rising above the struggles, and stretching past the best to be better every day. On The Verge. On The Verge is presented by Cure, cannabis used for research and education. The medical industry is steadfastly looking to help millions of patients that suffer from injuries related to repetitive motion, sports, trauma, and many other orthopedic injuries, as well as skin disorders, mental disorders, cancer, and osteoporosis, to name only a few of the other underlying conditions that billions suffer from each day. On average in this country, we have 10,000 people turning 65 every day. With the cost of pharmaceutical medicines increasing, patients deserve natural alternatives that are not only more cost-effective, but also safer for them and society. Cure is focused on providing natural alternatives to aid with current or previous medical conditions. Cure does this by providing a therapeutic properties of natural cannabinoid formulations for multiple uses, whether internally or externally. Ask your physical therapist or your primary care physician if cannabinoids are right for you. Or check out their website at www.curemich.com. Cure. Cannabis used for research and education. Welcome to On The Verge. Today's special guest is a first. I get this a bunch of firsts for me. Not only is this person the first person that would actually know what town I'm from, Littlestown, Pennsylvania, but the reason why she would know that is because I graduated from high school with her and now she has moved here to Nashville, Tennessee, or just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, to join me today. Close friend. I can't say it's been so close because I've been 29 years without seeing her. Jody Dillman, how are you, Jody? Hey, Virgil, I am fantastic. It's just so wonderful to see you. <laughs> well, thank you for coming down here to share your story and all the great things that you're doing. And I'm so excited that you're in the hottest city in the United States of America, and I hope you're enjoying yourself. Yes, I love it. Well, besides the tornado and oh, you yeah. know the, the COVID stuff, like everyone else, but I'm loving it. It's just so alive here. Yes, just it love is. It. it is a it's a unique city right now. Although the the you had it was a bad that tornado and COVID kind of stacked up on top of each other to the point where we almost forgot that there was a tornado because there was a worldwide pandemic. But yeah, it's been quite a 2020. But what 2020 did was bring you to me. So that's very exciting. There's positives in everything. Yes, we are celebrating that. <laughs> that's exactly right. So one of the things that I wanted to get started with, and part of the reason why I've asked you to come on this show, is you said something in a message while we were back and forth a couple of weeks ago that was really important for me. And I know a lot of people need to hear this. You said in your message to me that you grew up in an, in an arena that you were not taught to think big, to think to be the greatest version and chase dreams. And then you decided maybe to stick your toe in the dream water some time ago, and you realized this is for you. Tell me a little bit about, one, the the pre-version of you, and that moment that, like, 
flipped the switch where you realized that there's no limits to you, Jody? None whatsoever. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, uh, you know, we grew up in Littlestown, which is so mm. funny. We, we used to joke about that. It's <laughs> such a little town. And, you know, along with that come, you know, you know, the thinking of maybe this is just where I'm going to settle for the rest of my life. And I have dreams. And uh, that's what I did. In fact, I... I went back to our elementary school, mm-hmm. like good old Rolling Acres, which is not there anymore, obviously. Yeah. But um, they um, that served a, a part of my life. I was able to give back and, and use my passions of education and mm-hmm. teaching. I, I taught there for 15 years. And to serve in our own community, it was amazing. It just did my heart well. I'm a relationship person. And so to give back to that community it was. It was where I needed to be at that time. Mm-hmm. And and since then, you know, life has taken me down and up different roads all over Pennsylvania and moved a couple times. But lately, I have been able to really, like you said, like step out of that tiny, tiny thinking, that tiny brain thinking. And mm-hmm. with that, what part of that was our move here to Mount Juliet, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Yeah. And I have just become connected with a wonderful group of people through my health coaching business that I have. And then that, it just was like a ripple effect. It just, that it's getting bigger and bigger. And I'm seeing beyond myself now, I'm able to have those dreams and those visions. Because, you know, when I was younger and grew up in Littlestown, I just, I was happy. I was content, I guess you could say. Oh, just, uh, we were very blessed because in, in that window of time, even though it was a small town, it was a, our c- group of friends, yeah. a couple years older than us, to a couple years younger than us. That was a great group of progressive thinkers and very smart group of people that, especially we graduated with, because that's the one that I have massive intimate knowledge of. There were so many brilliant people that we went to school with. And there's some of them in New York City, and some of them are in in Massachusetts, and some are out west, and some are in Florida. It's beautiful to see because and before us, maybe up to like eight years before, it was like if you're from Littlestown, you stay in Littlestown. Right. And all of a sudden, it kind of broke away, and it's that's a beautiful thing to see. I knew that I was getting out like pronto, (laughs) (laughs) but but I think that the thing that I I wanted to get your perspective on is that that's not just a little town problem. I, I don't, I'm not saying that it's not everybody problem, but I hear that from girls more than I hear it from boys. Do you feel like it's a, a more of a girl problem or a female problem? Or do you feel like it was just our conversation made me feel that way, but it's really, it's not unique to females only or majority wise. When you ask me that, one thing that really uh, strikes me and comes to mind, one of my mentors, his name is David Bush, and he just said about two weeks ago on on a Zoom call that we had that complacency is a much bigger virus than Mm COVID-19. And that has just stuck with me because, you know, being in a state of complacency, you know, people just kind of stay, they feel comfortable, they maybe could make some changes, should make some changes, but just aren't sure how to, you know, just feeling stuck. And I guess I can relate to that. I'm not sure, uh, you know, 
boys versus girls, men, women. I'm not sure um, if if there is a big difference, but I just know for myself, mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, this is what I was supposed to do, be an educator all my life. And beyond that, what 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 is there? Yeah. You know, and so... You know, I'm not, that's a great question, but I, going back to the complacency, Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, a lot of people just feel stuck and they don't even know where to start. And that's kind of like what's got you passionate about what it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. because there are so many people that are stuck in a much worse physical situation than Mm -hmm. you're in. And it all starts with yourself. It all starts from the inside. And if you don't feel good on the inside about yourself, nothing else is going to feel good. You know, so bef- I'm, I'm fascinated. Obviously, you were a teacher beforehand, but you were impacting kids mainly. Now you're impacting everybody, but a, a lot of adults who need to be impacted. And now that you're impacting them, they're so grateful like I follow your messages and the people that are that you're helping, and is there a greater feeling in the world to do it for just one person, let alone many, of feeling like you've helped somebody move past a bad place in their life to something great, and they can achieve anything that they never thought that they could before? Right, I've thought I've thought about that quite a bit in in the last year and a half that I've been health coaching, and. I I think how my audience has changed a bit, you know, children versus adults. However, I will tell you, I have had a 15-year-old on on this health plan that I am a part of. And and I also have a 73-year-old. So uh, to walk this journey with just one is amazing. And what I've learned is that everyone, every single being has a story, mm-hmm. you know, and... Every story is valuable and worthy of, you know, pursuing and and helping them step out of where they might be stuck in. Mm -hmm. So having that opportunity, it started with one, actually one of our dear friends, one of our dear friends that we graduated with. No kidding. Um, She was the first to step out and be like, okay, enough is enough. I am ready to do this. And it seems as though a lot of times you can't drag people into that. They have to wake up with that reality or just realize themselves like it's time. Like it is time. I am not living my best life. So how can I make a move? How can I shift a little bit or pivot? And Mm -hmm. can you help me do that? And, And so with being out there and able to help others do that, I have just found such... Uh, these opportunities have opened up to me and my clients sometimes help me more than I help them. That's how I feel. Oh yeah. It's (laughs) exactly 100%. It's like the greatest gift of giving, which is you pay, you pay 10 cents for and you get a dollar back. Absolutely. You know, and every time you, you put, you feel like, well, I keep on getting so much back. I better put more in. The more you put in the (laughs) 10 times it comes back out at you. That's a uh, beautiful thing. You know, right now with the, with the pandemic, on top of a kind of a rampant um, opioid crisis, on top of people are getting more and more overweight slash obese, to now we're in a quarantine state for a, a lot of places. Tennessee's a little more fortunate than others on the quarantine side. But we're heading into a pretty murky sp- spot right now as we head into the holidays. And 
I'm fascinated to hear your point because this is your world. Why as a society is our health so important right now? Hmm. Right now, for sure. Oh, goodness. All those things you mentioned, and it is overwhelming. It is absolutely overwhelming, the effects of COVID. It affects not only your physical well-being, your spiritual, your mental, your emotional, all parts of your optimal health. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, sometimes it could be overwhelming and scary. And <clears throat> excuse me, there are a lot of people that are, are hurting. They mm-hmm. are just simply hurting. They have fear, you know, fear of so many unknowns, fear of a family member getting ill, an extended family member, fear, when will I get COVID? When will I be exposed? Mm-hmm. You know, fear of change, <laughs> all of these things with fear. And then with that comes isolation, uh, you know, us being holed up or, you know, just shopping online now instead of, you know, going out and about mm-hmm. or, not even attending worship services and they're online. So, so many things have just changed so quickly, but now it's for like, you're right, like an extended period of time. And obviously people are feeling the effects. They were feeling it back in March, you know, like, how can this be, you know, people shaking their heads and like, really? I know for myself, I, if I wanted to see my father who is in a senior living facility in Mount Juliet, I had to wear a mask and I fought it for, I don't know, like a month and a half thinking, this is silly. How can this be? And if we're just walking outside with him, why do I have to wear a mask? And so I was kind of challenging, like in my own brain, like how, what are they talking about? How can it be this bad? Mm -hmm. You know, so all those things, you know, the fear, the isolation, the change and, and now all the like after effects of, you know, the children not going to school and suicide rates and the depression Mm -hmm. and addictions, like you said, I, you know, no wonder people are are just feeling so low, like they don't know where to turn. Yeah. I think, and the, and the fear of asking for help Mm. for so many people, I mean, there are so many people that would rather die (laughs) than ask for help. And that is a sad, sad state of affairs. Uh, And it's befuddling to me because there isn't a place that you can go that you haven't heard that the greatest players, the greatest business people all have coaches. Mm -hmm. They all are being coached because you can't do it by yourself. You can't do – I mean, every place that you've ever gone that has been your best stories – you didn't get there by yourself, ever, not once. But for some reason, people feel like they have to do it by themselves. It's a very, very challenging scenario. So when you think about your business model, what it is that you're trying to encourage people to do, how are you navigating the fear piece mm. to encourage people to step out of fear into a better way of life when there's in their mind, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be that I'm going to lose weight and feel better. Even though we could almost guarantee it, but <laughs> right. they're gonna they're gonna find that one case in Utah that somebody didn't, and like that's me right there. <laughs> right. But there's a there's a way that as a business person you have to attack fear mm-hmm. from another side. Maybe with fear itself, can you possibly be 
more afraid to be healthy than to be in this current situation that you're in? Which side of fear are you taking? Because they're both fearful. Right. But wouldn't you rather be fearful of the outcome of doing good things for your body than not? Right. How are you going about attacking their fear? I think the biggest thing is just showing up every day. Just showing up every day and allowing people to see that there is hope. There is absolute hope. And even if they feel at their lowest, their weakest, and they're questioning, you know, how their life looks, if I show up every day, Virgil, I, I'm allowing someone to know that they are cared for. Mm -hmm. And my message, however, in whatever way through, you know, Facebook or, you know, my stories, anything, separate text messages, video clips, video messages, I make it a point every day to just share and care because mm -hmm. that's what it's about. For me, I've always been a relationship person. I mean, you you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> going way back. And that's something you had said to me when we were messaging a couple weeks ago that you said, you know, Jody, I just feel like you are, you just have so many great gifts and talents. And I never knew these things about you that you didn't feel that confidence and, and, and weren't aware of those things that you could dream big. And so, you know, that opened my eyes too. Like I, I, God has given me these gifts to just love people where they are. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that just for one person every day, I mean, that's what the world needs, obviously. You if know everybody that. could do that for one person, we'd be in a pretty good spot. Right. Absolutely. We'd be in a pretty good spot. Right. So, it, you know, it's important for me to, to share that hope and just let people know. And, and I will get messages back, like, even if I haven't, you know, spoken to them that day, a couple of days later, hey, oh my goodness, you can't even imagine. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate your prayers, your support, and, and your message yeah. being real. I think one of the things that you sneak up on people with is you sneak up with them uh, with the obvious, but you sneak up with them with a spiritual back mm -hmm. backbone. Mm -hmm. And so many people are dying for spirituality, whether or not, you know, I wouldn't even say that the, what they believe is as important as just fear, feeling a level of spirituality within themselves, right. that there's something bigger than just this. Right. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I think that's one of your sneaky gifts that you're sneak <laughs> that you're using in a good way is that and this is a good area of the country for that mindset to really cascade and take off for you is because it's a we're in the Bible belt. We're not super deep Bible belt. We're in the beginning of the of the belt, you know. And it's a it's a major part of the fabric of this of this country for sure, but in this part of the country right. in indefinitely. I mean, it's a major place. So people to be able to, you can like kind of pinch off a little spirituality with well, wellness. Yeah. Now they almost seem to go hand in hand. Right. Now they feel like they went into the endeavor with one thought and now you're giving them two. And when actually you're giving them two, you're giving them a hundred, <laughs> you know, how, how important in your journey has the spiritual side been both in helping you persevere and overcome limiting beliefs and then also moving past the limiting beliefs to abundance and helps you get more abundance? Talk to us about the importance of spirituality in your life. Mm. The fruits of the spirit. I mean, that's, 
that's what it's always been. I always called myself a boring Christian, <laughs> and, and I don't mean that in, in a negative way. However, I just mean that I was you know, born and raised in this Christian household mm. and a Methodist church in that setting and just always attended and was in prayer and in relationship with people. And you know, I, I obviously attribute that to my parents and my upbringing and mm. it's just my family. And I've just always felt that. So I'm kind of proud that I've, I'm a boring Christian, but I believe that I'm a, a steadfast, mm-hmm. you know, and it, there may have been some times like in college, I may not have attended worship or, you know, done the things I should have as a, as a Christian girl, but I've always been steadfast and, and so has the Lord. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't try to push that on people. I, I meet people where they are yeah, and they don't need to know that I'm praying about them or for them. But I know, and that's that's my relationship, sure. you know, with the Lord, and it has just strengthened me in so many ways. And I have always felt that I He's with me. I've never felt alone or weak. Do I fear? Yes, you know, mm-hmm. everyone has fears and doubts sure. sometimes. But I just I know I have the fruits of the spirits, and I. It's important for me to share that with people yeah. in, in sometimes subtle ways. Well, sometimes subtle is better <laughs> because when you do it subtly, you, list, you let them know where you are, but you don't push your on them. Mm-hmm. But you let them know that no matter what you need from me, whether it's on this health side or a much greater version of spiritual help, I'm going to meet you where you are. And right. if we get into a place that I'm not an expert in, I will make the calls required to get you there, but I'm still going to hold your hand while we go through that that place too. Right. And that's where people, that's where the blessings occur. <laughs> it's because most people are struggling so bad that they haven't even given the thought that somebody be willing to walk with them. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And I'm sure that's what you, I mean, I get it on a golf level. Like this, this sport matters to some people so much. It's almost like a religion in some ways. And, when it's not going good, it's like your life not going good. And the coaching piece leads me to a point place where I'm almost more of a psychologist than I am a physical trainer. Right. And then the messages that I get back when I offer a level of hope and vision past just the obvious technical stuff, those are the messages that are way more important to me than, oh, man, my swing looks so good. Eh, okay. <laughs> but what, what that then brings to you is a greater confidence a greater body language, a greater self-esteem. It then trickles out into every other part of your life. And then you can realize that if maybe your golf is going down, you can use other parts of your life to bring it up. You don't have to solely rely on one thing. And in some ways, I believe that as we're, you know, we're, I'm 47, you're 47, right? Yes. So we're, we've, it's, it's, I feel 22 up here. It's just a number, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel 22 in my mind. <laughs> and outside of maybe what I'd feel like after I played 18 holes in a hundred degree heat, I still feel like I'm 22 just about everything that I'm doing. Um, but it, it's interesting. We're getting to this point of our life that you're coaching a lot of people in this plus 10, minus 10 of our age, right? Yes. Where people have had that like wake up call, like, I'm not immortal. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guy who has now got a little bit of a gut on him and is, a, and is not as nearly as active and feels like he can't be who he used to be. And then there's women who 
aren't as pretty as they used to be, and I don't look as good as I did when I was in high school. Duh, no, you're not. But to be able to stick that that those two problems, those are the, probably the two biggest issues. You got the overweight, kind of complacent, busy guy who is busy doing a lot of things that aren't necessarily taking him to a better place physically slash spiritually. And then you have... Uh, the women who are struggling with the, who, what they believe that how they appear okay. and you have the ability to, to play a hand in bringing some of that back. That's got to be, especially because we're in that throes right now. We're in that middle age place where we recognize, well, I'm not, I'm not the 25 year old version of myself, but I can still maintain much longer, especially with the information that you have about yourself. Now you're like, wow, I can keep this going much longer than anybody in our town did when it came to keeping their health and wellness going forward, for sure. How, how has that impacted you, and where do you see that, take, that kind of business taking you in the next two to five years? Hmm. That's a great question. I, yeah, it's like I said, I find myself now very driven because I have that confidence, because I, and it, really hasn't ever been about image for me. I'm, I mean, <laughs> going back, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I am who I am. And I, it, it sure, it feels nice when people are like, oh, you look nice today, or, you know, you're looking great. How have you been? But, you know, for me, it's just been so important because this is, this is the body that God has given me, you mm-hmm. know, the, the body is a temple. And if I'm not taking care of it, who is going to? 100%. And so, yeah, there there comes a, a time like like middle age. I'm sure that for a lot of people, they just say, "Well, this is just the way it's got to be." That they think that way, or "Oh no, man, I'm pre diabetic, or my blood pressure's going up, mm-hmm. and I might need some meds. I'll just go to the doctor. That that doctor will fix it." And so this health plan that I coach for in my small business, I don't want people to. Th- think narrowly like that. Like doctors, Mm. yeah, they can treat your symptoms, but honestly, there are so many people, a a lot of my clients that have been, um, like they check their A1C for diabetes and their levels have gone down within, you know, four to five weeks. Mm -hmm. And they're just astounded. Like, how can this be? But they love it, you know? And same thing with blood pressure. And just, you name it, all those ailments as you age. Sure. And, and so for me, in the next two to five years, I just, I'm just so passionate about it. I just love what I do. Mm. And, and like you said, walk in that journey. And it's not always about that golf swing or how, how it, you know, turned out. It's more about the, you know, people learning about themselves and growing, expanding that mindset. Yeah. One hundred percent. I think one of the things that you're doing for people that they might not be realizing is the fact that you can't love someone else, take care of someone else, be the best version for someone else if you're not that for yourself first. And one of the things that people don't realize is that in that complacency time frame, usually comes right after college, maybe after you get married, and you're like, "Oh, this is what this is adulting." Right. So it's uh we we wake up we go to work we come home, we we cook we watch uh, a couple of TV shows we binge a little Netflix, go to bed about midnight get six hours of sleep and rewind the tape. 
And then you do that for 15 years, and now you've put on 18 to 20 pounds, and now you don't feel good about yourself. Well, that trickles down into every single thing that you do. And that's the part to me that I, I think it's super important for people to understand why they should be reaching out to you is that if you're struggling, like of the things that we're talking about, it's not a, this is not an indictment. It's just the facts. You have fallen out of love with yourself to a point that you don't, it's so subtle that you don't even realize that you're falling out of love with yourself. And that then makes you fall out of love and being able to give the kind of love that you need to be a mom, dad, you know, a caretaker, you know, a, you know, a, do your custodial work at work, so to speak. And then they wonder why it happens. And it's because you lost the love of yourself first. Mm-hmm. When you say that's a big deal. Oh, that is a huge deal. And I, I just know, I, I tend to think that I've been a patient person most of my life, but you know, we have four children at home, ages six to 15, and they need a lot of things. And I just got to that point after our fourth one was born when I was 40, I just was like, oh my gosh, this just can't be it. I just don't feel right with myself. I feel blah. I just have no energy. And I felt myself getting very impatient. And all I wanted to do was blame it on, oh, I'm getting older. I have four kids. Are you crazy? You have four kids. That's why you're feeling impatient. But I have to say, in the last year and a half, since starting this this journey with health coaching, I it is different. It, it is different, and I, I wish my kids were here to maybe, you know, say, "Yeah, you're you're right, mom. It is different." And mm-hmm. um, I, I, but and I also find it's different in the sense that I'm more patient, but I also am able to take a step back, think about the situation, maybe take a breath. And not react to it as much, but respond to the situation in a sense that I maybe would have seen it in a negative view before, but now I try to give the benefit of the doubt or stay more positive or maybe take a higher road. Mm -hmm. And it is. And that is that that growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, Tony Robbins has made a bajillion dollars or so as Jim Rohn and a handful of others, Zig Ziglar. Because they help create plans for people because they can't see, they can't do it without a plan. You know, well, why won't banks offer money to businesses that don't provide them a plan? Because it ain't going to work without a plan. And to me, that's, that's the, uh, that's the cornerstone of what it is that you're, you're doing is you have a plan, obviously malleable to each person. But tell me about, the how you go about carrying out the integrity for that plan for each individual person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with this health plan that I am a part, a great part of, uh, there are thousands and thousands of people that are, you know, have, have worked through this plan journeying through and have maintained for years. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Wayne Scott Anderson is one of the co-founders of this, of our plan and he actually, about 20 years ago, he was a critical care doctor at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And he was just so tired of patients coming in on their deathbed. Like, he just felt like, oh my goodness, I can treat their symptoms, I can make them comfortable, but I cannot reach them because it might be too late or it is too late. And so he stepped out of that. He boldly stepped out of that 
thank goodness he did, because now, 20 years later, he stepped out of that and he has helped to co-found this uh, health plan that I coach for. And the integrity of that, there are four parts. There are four parts that make it so very successful. And of course, the first part is coach. You have a coach on this plan. And my job as a coach or, or any coach that you would get on this type of plan, they are there for, for every step for your successes, for your challenges, your maybe some failures, because we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't expect perfection from anyone. You know, we always stress progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. So having that coach to just walk alongside of you and know that they're going to check in with you once a week, um, after the first two weeks, I check in, I have client check-in days. I have two check-in days and I tell my clients, it's not optional. (laughs) It's on my calendar and it needs to be on your calendar because the moment you stop wanting to check in with me is the very moment that you should be checking in with me because something is falling away. Mm. You know, whether that be your, 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 your physical motion, your sleep, your, uh, your mindset, Mm -hmm. you know, how's your mindset doing? especially through COVID, yeah. you know, the, the act of what are you feeding your body? What are you putting into your body? The water, how much water are you drinking? Mm-hmm. So having that coach is huge. And a lot of people have commented that the coaching aspect is, is their favorite aspect of this program because that's what we're, we're like you said, everyone needs a coach that's right. <laughs> you know, some way. That's right. And, and obviously you deliver it with a smile and you deliver it with integrity and you do it with energy and that's what people are needing. So that that's huge. I got two really interesting questions. Um, they kind of go together, but we answer one at a time. One of my bigger pet peeves that's going on in the world today is that it's fear-mongering. And of all the things that I'm befuddled by is that we're in a pandemic where people are dying and people are getting really, really sick. But all the news outlets are selling is the fear of it. We have, and there's so much information and so much great work done in the health world over our lifetime why are we not getting any information about what it takes to be healthy? What it means to keep your immune system high? What are the things you can take into your body to make you more resilient to a virus that probably everybody is going to get at some point with varying degrees of pain? Talk to us about what you know and believe to be the keys to maintaining a healthy lifestyle and the things that are important for you to stay, keep your immune system as bumped up as it can be instead of trending negatively while increasing the fear that you're going to get a worse version of the Rona. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, you know, number one, obviously, well, there are a lot of, no, I could say a lot of number ones, but yeah. one of the number one is water. I, I think of when I do health assessments with potential clients and we discuss what beverages they have and a lot of people have their favorites, you know, um, like the, the flavored coffees or the, the specialty drinks or soda, oh, the soda and the sugar addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, hydrating your body with water, obviously we're supposed to get at least 64 ounces of water and more so 
we it would be better if we had more you know yeah. like it really would be um but 64 is is the minimum you know so water just the simple act of moving every day moving getting up simple motion you, you know steps and <laughs> taking small walks yeah. or um even around the house like just casual things you don't even think about walking to get the laundry out of the dryer or up and down the steps you know so simple motion is key uh, another part is obviously filling your body with foods that will fuel you. Mm -hmm. And so that's another part of, we talked about one part of the program that I do is, is the coaching. And another part is nutrition. Yeah. And a big, big role that nutrition plays in our health coaching is that you eat every two to three hours. So I, I challenge you, Virgil, to think back, like, you know, when you were younger or college even, you know, did you ever skip breakfast or lunch or did you say, oh, I'll just, I'll just, you know, have some coffee or, you know, an energy drink or something, mm -hmm. you know, did, have you ever found yourself falling into that? Well, I used to weigh 280 pounds, so I can't say that I ever, <laughs> I ever skipped a meal, <laughs> okay. you know, when I grew up, you know, Thanksgiving wasn't a holiday, it was a championship, right. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Got it. At, at the end of the day, those are the things that crossed my mind when I was trying to go from 280 to 195. Right. It's right. like, maybe I don't need to eat breakfast now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that weird balance between intermittent fasting mm -hmm. and what you can't ride intermittent fasting for years. No. It's something that you might do to like do a, a control alt delete to the system right. to reboot and like get things like, like starving your body for 24 hours occasionally is not a bad thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Starving it 18 hours a day for 4,000 consecutive days. No, that's a different kind of conversation. It is. And you know what? When you do that, when you are not eating your breakfast or lunch or eating a one big meal in the afternoon, your body is actually confused. It's going into the fat storing mode instead of the fat burning mode because your your brain is signaling, well, hmm, I'm not sure when I'm going to get that next meal. So I might as well store up this fat so that I have enough to cover this body, you know, for the mm -hmm. whole day. And so what we obviously advocate is we eat every two to three hours mm -hmm. and we look at it as fueling our body. And when you fuel your body in that sense with the right vitamins, nutrients, minerals, you know, uh, probiotics, all those mm -hmm. things, you are allowing your body to reset. Yeah. And when your body resets, you, it's amazing what that feels like when you, after a few days of eating every two to three hours on, on our nutritional plan, how your body enters, enters this fat burning state and you get, you wake up or just, it, it, you realize, oh my goodness, wow. It's like someone flipped the switch. Yeah. It, it really is amazing. And there's one very large word that falls into this pile, which is called sugar. <laughs> yes. And that's the enemy. The, your biggest enemy outside of fear mm -hmm. is sugar. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it is, and like, so I'm, a, I was for a while, I've been a bulletproof guy. So David Asprey stuff, right? And he's big into ketosis and mm -hmm. what have you. But the, at the end of the day, the, what his book showed me in the investigation to do this right is everything's got sugar in it. And there's a reason why, and we don't need to go down that conspiracy hole. But at the end of the day, sugar is an, it's sweet and deadly. 
It is. And it's right up there with the refined flours, the refined sugar, the refined flour, you know, the processed food. And it is, it, and actually Dr. Anderson, another part of our program, we'll get to that in a minute, but in, in his uh, medical background, he has just provided so much wealth and knowledge about that very thing yeah. and how it just lights up your brain. When you eat that sugar, that dopamine release, oh, and it's it's, it's very similar to like heroin and cocaine. Yeah, that's right. And so it's interesting. We uh, joke sometimes, it's not really a joke, but we comment sometimes that we have interventions for people that are addicted to drugs, you know, cocaine and heroin. Why don't we have interventions for people that are truly addicted to sugar? And I will tell you, I was one of those people. Yeah, a lot of people. You know, in, in this part of the country, in the southeast, one of the first things that jumps out to me, which is a really hard thing to give up if you've grown, grown up around it, sweet tea. But like it is like like when I went to school, Mississippi State, the tea here is unsweet compared to Mississippi State. We it was like that's like liquid diabetes is what it is down there. Right, and it's hard. Like that's a staple here, and lemonade too. But that lemonade isn't. You know, it's it's like sugarade with lemon instead yes. of lemonade with yes. sugar. Uh, and and obviously, the South is also known for its fried fried food, fried fried food background. So fried chicken is a pretty hard staple here, among many other things that get fried. I mean, we we country fried fried chicken, yes. <laughs> so we we can fry anything here. Right. So you got two. You, this is a hotbed for you. You got you have moved to a great part of the country <laughs> because I think a lot of people are really desiring to have a better life. And they're tired of their life that they've had. Mm -hmm. So I know I left Pennsylvania to go to Mississippi State because I wanted to see if life was different. And if it wasn't, I was going to be okay with it. But I'm like, I, I, that small town, small mindedness. By the time I was like 15, I had had it. <laughs> And like I was in a four-year prison sentence in high school, so to speak, to wait to get out. And I'm like, where would you like to go to school, Virgin? Like the University of Australia <laughs> is like <laughs> right. where I'd like to go. Far away. And, but I think a lot of people, wherever you're from, you have that moment where you're like, I wonder if it's different somewhere else to do something or at least to try to do something different than anybody my family's ever done. I want to I see if I can't live better, mm -hmm. get educated more, do things differently than anything that I've ever seen growing up, and maybe to create a different viewpoint for my kids going forward too. Right. Wouldn't you say that that is a hallmark of one of the things that you're, you're heading down this road of helping people is that you're on the highway of change. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are looking for the on-ramp to get on it, but they're they're afraid to pay the toll, even if it's just one cent. Right. So we're just trying to get people on that road to change. Mm -hmm. And change is different for different people. Some people fear it more than others. Some people embrace it more than others. But at the end of the day, my, my point would be to ask you is like, of all the things that you've seen work in your plans, <laughs> what are the, the things that you see the reason why people come in and also the reason why people get so excited when they're, 
doing it or implementing it and there's enough time for the implementation to create change. All right. Well, I have to tell you, I was truly skeptical. I mean, when I, you know, a year and a half ago, I was like, there's just no way, but I was kind of desperate. I, I've always been like smaller stature, you know, some people say maybe a little petite, but I just didn't feel good in my own skin. So when I became aware of this plan myself, I was like, yeah, right. There's no way, you know, it's just another one of those things. And which is a typical response. Mm. It, it really is. Sure. And so what it was for me though, was I saw a friend that had done it and was transforming before my eyes. And I thought, well, maybe it's the competition thing in me because I like to be very competitive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought, well, okay, if they can do it, perhaps I can do it too. <laughs> so I guess I was determined. I just found this determination in my, inside myself. And it went so well that everything just turned for me in the sense that it went so well for me and actually my husband, Dennis, he lost 77 pounds oh, wow. in the last... Actually, it's not even been a year and a half. I say year and a half because he's been maintaining ever since. Mm -hmm. So within a couple months, he lost 77 pounds. Wow. And he is maintaining. And he's six foot five, so he can hide it well. You know, he's a tall guy, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the beer belly kind of thing. Well, not really much beer, but the, yeah. the beer gut, as you would call it. Yeah. But I just knew that something needed to change. He topped out at 306. That was his highest. And I was like, Oh man, it just like, same thing with him. Like his, his mindset was, he wasn't feeling the best. He, he seemed irritated, annoyed, just even to tie his sneakers. He could barely do that in wow. without getting out of breath. So I was kind of at a desperate stage, but then it became determination. And so after a few months, I just, that's when we moved down here from Pennsylvania. And I was like, okay, you know what? If I'm going to start somewhere new, we're living somewhere new. Why not? Why not try this? And it just became a, I'm going to try this to be a coach. What do I know about coaching? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then they asked me, like my mentors asked me, okay, you might need to step out a little bit, step outside your circle and get a little more confident. <laughs> and I was mm -hmm. like, who are you kidding? That's not me. But now if you talk to those mentors, um, their names are Jenica and Leslie. If you talk to them now, they would just be like, this girl <laughs> this girl's on fire and she is completely different than she was a year ago and good things are happening. So, you know, to go back to your question, I saw it happen for someone else, lived it myself, was determined to make it work and it did. And so that pushed me forward kind of like domino effect. I'm on that on-ramp. I like my turn signal was on a year ago. Mm -hmm. I'm on the on-ramp and I'm 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 waiting for others to come along, obviously, mm -hmm. and I've helped so many already. Yeah. And what a blessing. Yeah. It, it really has been a blessing. And and I, like you said, if I could just share that with one other person, mm -hmm. which I have, sure. but I there just is so much need out there. Mm -hmm. People are hurting. Oh, yeah. I think another, the, the, the final piece on this particular part of the, the podcast is most people don't understand the, the relationship between your gut and your brain. Mm. And like... In so many ways, but obviously the most people would could argue like, or would could agree with, I know that I feel better when I eat certain things. I know that, but they don't put two and two together. When you don't do that occasionally, but you do that all the time, that's a big deal. I'm, I'm intrigued with your knowledge on probiotics and how that helps the situation, especially if you've 
eating poorly for 30 years and now you're on a new a new train Mm -hmm. probiotics play a huge role in help cleaning out yourself to help the new foods get where they need to go Uh, talk to us about that part of what it is that you do and the importance of the brain gut relationship right absolutely and a lot of people they're emotional eaters and so for them to sit down and really focus am I really hungry Am I really, I mean, I used to, I was, I did that all the time. Even when I was a kid, I remember that habit was created a long time ago. I would just walk through the kitchen and open pantry doors, cupboard doors, and just not even, I don't even know why. Just for boredom. Just for, out of boredom. Absolutely. And it's a joke now when I go to visit my mom because she knows like, I just like open cupboard doors and I'm kind of doing it to be funny now. I don't even need anything in there or want anything in there, but I just something in my brain. It's just that old habit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as part of our plan with these fuelings that we use to help people get into that gentle fat burning state, yes, they are filled with the, the probiotics. And yeah, to to get your gut back to where it needs to be cleaned out in a sense with the vitamins and the nutrients and the minerals and the the probiotics it is extremely important and it does it 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 signals to your brain you can think more clearly Mm -hmm. it it, it's not um that is the truth (laughs) it helps you think clearly and and you have that energy Mm. absolutely yeah no doubt well thank you for sharing all this because one of the reasons why i wanted to bring you in right now is because the pandemic is at at the worst phase in the in in the united states so many people are scared Mm -hmm. and so many people don't know what they can do to at least prepare their body to fight it the best that they can because hello if you're listening out there (laughs) this is killing people that are not healthy it is not killing, I shouldn't say, less than like, I think it's 0.001 of the deaths are people that are in good health under the age of 50. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are people that have died. So I'm not saying that people haven't died from it. But most of the people that are dying or experiencing the worst of it are those that are not in great physical condition. And the cool thing about what you've just explained, at even any age, obviously there are certain levels of degeneration that are harder to reverse but they can be reversed. That has been proven. That's been proven. Is the fact that you have a plan. We know what you need food-wise, vitamin-wise, spiritual-wise. You have a coach. You have somebody there that's accountable for you, with you. Well, that's all that, that's what people are begging for, but they got to know where to turn. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I would do my part and help my listeners that I know are struggling Everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling with something. But this is a good part of life to put in because this starts with the temple. This starts with yourself. And generally speaking, everything that starts with you first is going to be successful. Mm -hmm. I like to paint a picture for my audience about my guest today. So I have a couple of great stories about Jody. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) These are so good. So... We used to go to Spanish class together, Miss Anna Huffnagel, if you're listening. <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> so I was, uh, I would say that I was not your best Spanish student. My give a flip meter was about 0. 0.3. <laughs> and I happened to sit beside a great friend of mine named Eric Belmere. 
and he was on the same could give a flip boat as I was. But we happened to be sitting behind two of the most brilliant, smart achievers. I was the one that got blessed to sit behind you, and Eric got to sit behind Christy. So at the end of the third marking period of my sophomore year, I believe, I think it was my sophomore year, I'm making like a 77%, just barely squeaking in with the C, and Belmere's the same. And like Christy's making 112%, and you're making 108%. And I'm like, I just want to let y'all know I hate you. Just right now, I just want to throw that out. I don't even know how you're doing it, because I know how much you're studying, (laughs) which is a a little bit better than me, but come on. And then you said... Well, Virgil, why don't you and I take on Christy and Eric? Oh, <laughs> you remember this? Oh my goodness! I'm glad you're telling because I don't remember. It was such a great story. It. So, Eric and I were struggle bus city in Spanish because I couldn't have cared less. Wish I had paid more attention to it. Now I'm, I'm fully aware of that. Right. So we decided that your grade point average plus, I mean, your grade plus my grade divided by two would be fifty dollars. We would bet $50 but that you, you and I's grade would be better than Christy and Eric's grade. So, we won. Yes. Of course <laughs> of we course won. Of course we won. <laughs> of course High we five. won. Right. But I made a 97.9% the fourth quarter. He made a 94. So, both of us making an A in that class, for us, nice. was elating. That was the first time in my life where I had a performance wake-up call Mm -hmm. that I'm heavily motivated by winning. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have something to win, I didn't care. Especially if I was doing something that I didn't seem or deem important. Like, Mm -hmm. I am not moving to Mexico. (laughs) I am not going to Spain. I am staying here. Right. What a, you know, classic small town mindset. Mm-hmm. But I remember it was just so funny because you have a way about you. You turn around. Do you understand this? <laughs> Am I <laughs> because, making myself clear? <laughs> yeah, because you didn't want to lose either. And, because having having a little one up on these two yes. would be quite an entertaining piece for us. <laughs> and I just remember I'd be sitting there and I'm. And you know that my attitude about it wasn't all that. And you would just turn, like, turn around in your seat. Do you understand this, or do I have to help you more? I'm like, I think I could use a little more help. That's what I thought. But together, we beat them by one percent. Yes, <laughs> Christy, I know you're going to be listening. This is going to be great. But it was so funny. Now for my more embarrassing story. Now, oh, for those of you who don't know, uh, she's. She was, she's a very pretty girl and she was on the homecoming court and who got to give you the ride around the town? That's right. The one and only. It was me, but I was driving a, my dad's basically, um, the, the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. I love it. But it was not designed to chug at about five miles per hour for five yes. miles. So I'm, I'm driving. So my job, I'm just, my eyes are ahead. And I'm just tr- cruising along. And you're like, hey, Virgil, is everything all right? And I'm like, yeah. Are you sure? 
Yeah, why? I think we got a problem. I'm like, what's the problem? I don't see anything. <laughs> do, do you not see it smoking? Oh, cracking up. Oh my gosh, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> oh, couldn't have been any more embarrassed as we pull into the football stadium and you get off and I'm like, I think the car is like, a, like on red in the temperature of the engine. And I'm like... Uh, like one of the greater moments of a teenage girl's life wow. and I'm ruining it with my no. car over it was so funny but I never thought that never <laughs> I have fond memories and pictures oh, oh yeah pictures yes that's mm-hmm. uh and th- that hurts my feelings that's 20 that's 31 years ago oh goodness wow but you know what when I think about that it, you know that sense of community like, oh yeah you know and that that sense of community is so important. And that's a, a big missing piece for a lot of people right now with yeah. the COVID. Having that community, people that are always cheering you along, you know, supporting you, finding a way to point out the best in you. Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, as a health coach, that I love that too, because we need more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I don't know, like for people to think down on themselves or think they're not worthy enough or valuable enough. I, I don't see that. I I mean, I never have seen that, but Mm -hmm. for me to be able to do that every day and to reach out to people and like I said before, share that love. And that's another part of our plan. Mm -hmm. You are a part of a community of individuals, but collectively as a, we call it our family Mm -hmm. that you are changing your habits you're changing your life and it's one person at a time that that's what dr anderson says all the time we're changing the world one person at a time and and that's where it starts in that sense of community you can get on zoom calls with them or be a part of a facebook group and you can you know post something on that facebook group and within five minutes you probably have 20 comments from people that have either walked that road or had that question Mm -hmm. or have doubted themselves in that way or just need that 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 connection with you because you posted that yeah you know so that sense of community uh is it's it's a strong piece of what i do as well so thanks for bringing those up because those are i mean (laughs) that's us that's that's who we are that's exactly right that's shaped us Mm -hmm. and um but yeah that that drive, that determination—I <laughs> love it. I wonder what we did with that money. Oh. I don't have any idea. I don't remember? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, the so, good old days. Uh, but another another aspect of our our plan. I know I talked about being, you know, having a coach, having a community, and our nutritional piece of that, and another thing I'd like to mention with the nutritional piece. You know, you're eating like five times a day with those fuelings, but then you're also eating what we call a lean and green, which is very simply a lean protein and, and some greens, your veggies. Mm -hmm. And those you're actually eating six times a day. So you have your five fuelings, one lean and green, and most people struggle to eat that lean and green. They don't realize that, you know, their body only needs a certain amount. And when they get to eating their lean and green, a lot of people eat it for dinner. Mm -hmm. There've been many times, you know, you put uh, shrimp out on your plate, you know, the, the, the desired amount of, of not even the desired amount, but what you need for a lean and green mm-hmm. in, in our plan. And a lot of people are like, I can't eat this. What am I going to do? And they get so full. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, and there are so many wonderful recipes out there just because it's lean and green, you know, doesn't mean it it's, has to be boring. Yeah. Blend and, and sand. Yeah, yeah. And I know that 
like I said, we have four children at home. And when your children ask for a chicken crust pizza for their birthday, you know, it's like a win all around. Oh, and, yeah. You know, you're not forcing them to eat it. And they're always wanting, what are we having next? You know, <laughs> like, oh, because, awesome. yeah, it's just, I mean, our whole family, our, our eating has changed. Yeah, our habits. That's have, a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Well, the final piece of the podcast before we shift to the things you do to recharge your batteries is I always like to talk about a perseverance piece, the place in your life that taxed you the most, maybe even scared you to death to the point where you weren't quite sure that you were going to be able to persevere through that moment. And then you did, stealing your resolve to be able to overcome anything that you needed to overcome. What was that perseverance point for you? Hmm. Wow. That's a, hmm. That's a great question. Hmm. Wow. Now you're making me think. (laughs) Your turn. Yes, right. Exactly. (laughs) Nothing like turning the Spanish tables on you. Exactly. 30 years later. I really think when I stepped out of teaching, when I stepped out of teaching, I really had to look inside myself. And that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I did that when we, our family moved to upstate Pennsylvania. My husband is a pastor. He received his first call in upstate Pennsylvania. And I had to step outside of my role as an educator. And I had to dig deep and say, okay, well, who am I now? Like, that defined me for so long. Yeah. <laughs> I was you know, the teacher, I was, you know, cheerleader for little kids. Like I, I was their nurse. I put band-aids on them. I tied sneakers. I, <laughs> I wiped noses. I gave mm-hmm. hugs. I, you know, handed out snacks and obviously educated them. I saw light bulbs come on. Literally that does happen when you're an educator, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But when I stepped away from that and our small town, mm-hmm. it became aware, I became very aware that there's more. I just wasn't sure what it was yet. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where my patience came into play. My youngest daughter was 15 months old at the time. And so then I became mom, like full-time mom, which, you know, with having four children, I was in and out of momhood because Mm -hmm. I was still teaching. And um, so that that struggle was hard, the, the balance between, you know, wife, mom, teacher, and while it was very rewarding being an educator, I was now a mom, you know, when we moved upstate Pennsylvania and I just would wake up most mornings and be like, okay, I'm just going to dive into this and, and be mom. But I just still had this sense inside of me that there had to be more there, there had like, that's that drive in me, yeah. I suppose. And, uh, maybe I should have bet somebody $50. <laughs> There's gotta be more. <laughs> um, so I just kept my eyes open I wasn't sure what it was. Mm -hmm. And then I'm telling you, you know, prayers, (laughs) my, my prayers are always being lifted up. And I, I know that, you know, the good Lord is walking that path with me. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. And I was where I needed to be as an educator when I needed to be that. And uh, as a full-time mom and, and still now, and I love it. That's what I love. I can do this anywhere. I can do this as soon as we're done here. I can get on a call or you know, do a health assessment. Mm-hmm. And I can do it anywhere. I can be present for my children now. And that, oh my goodness, the, the, 
the blessings of that in itself. Huge. I can go to the pool in the summer and lay on a lounge chair and, and check in with clients because I have, you know, mm. I have had to apologize. Oh, sorry about all the, you know, the pool noise <laughs> or the fountains <laughs> running. And they're like, oh, wow, that's nice. I'm like, yeah, it is nice, <laughs> you know? So, and I guess, you know, I've, I've been client, I've now health coach, but now another benefit to this is that I am sponsoring other coaches. So now there I'm walking this journey with other coaches. So just diving even deeper. So now they're impacting other lives, people that they love and care about. I just did a health assessment with one of my newer coaches that I'm sponsoring and she just reconnected with a high school Mm. friend after how many years, you know, and you know, just the, Oh, the it, a whole world has opened up. So to persevere through that, it might not always seem easy, but you know, with I know with my patience and and my strength, and I do have confidence, and yeah. so I, I I I walk through that. You know. Yeah, and I think that there's so many people out there that maybe lack the confidence that it sounds like you come out with, because you're a confident person. You've always been a confident person, but we're all scared. Right. We all face things that we weren't initially prepared to face, and we have to figure out how to do it. And there are people that feel like they haven't, they don't have anything to be confident about because nothing that they've wanted to do has turned out the way they wanted. And then I would, they they would try to put a period there, and I would erase it and put a comma and throw the big capitalized yet on yes. it. Yes. Yet is a big word. Yes. And there are so many people out there that don't believe that they can, whether it's because they've been told that you're never going to amount to anything, which is so sad, but radically true. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they've tried their best and didn't get the result. And I think that there's where you come in. I think there's a lot of those people. That's where you come in is that when you try to get people to understand that you're actually chasing a process Mm -hmm. to wellness, not the wellness. Mm -hmm. When you go result chasing, that's where it gets vacant and empty. Mm-hmm. When you go into the process train and you enjoy each day of the process and everything that you're going through, you build confidence because you're just trying to make it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And when you can get 1% better, 1% better, 1% better, most people think that they're supposed to get with you and in, in the first four days be 80% of the way home. Well, I could just type up Siri. I could Siri this and get it, get my answer pretty quick. Well, what's the, why is it taking so long? Well, it's only been three weeks, right. and you've lost nine pounds, <laughs> yes. but I wanted to lose 30 by now. Well, we that's a hard ask. That's a hard ask. So, you know, we live in a world that wants results yesterday, not tomorrow, not even today. Yesterday would be fast enough for us, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are in a world, much like I'm in a world, but where coaching is not necessarily going to be immediate. Now, there are some things that both of us can do that make it an immediate first impact Mm -hmm. but the end game isn't an immediate and that is really hard for the under 30 crowd Mm -hmm. to to cope with well we may have to wait we mean this is going to take time (laughs) like well i got some bad news for you you've been trained on a device that is not reality Mm -hmm. it's very helpful in some ways but this is not this is not ubiquitous in every part of your life. So that's really important. That's, that's awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I, I, I was thinking that 
uh, the the fourth aspect of our, our component of our plan is we have this opportunity to dive into the educational part of it, mm-hmm. you know, gaining wisdom. How can I change my mindset? How can I work on my sleep and my motion and hydration and what I'm fueling my body with? Uh, you know, even simple things like, do I need to take supplements? And, you know, how how is my... Um, ability to see the world, how is that affecting my everyday decisions and, and how I go about? And so, you know, that educational part for us, we have, Dr. Anderson has, because of his medical background, has one of his books is Habits of Health. And it is just chock full of advice and, and tidbits and facts, anything medically you can, you know, how really this is, you know, how we've become so obese has not really been our fault there. I mean, there are so many things like think of the fast food industry, those red and yellow colors, they are just signals and triggers for people that those colors make you want to go (laughs) to buy those, those fast food items. It's crazy. The mind, um, the mind kind of games, I guess that are played with us. And then another book that he has that I help to walk this journey with my clients is called the life book. And that literally is a day to day. It's your journey. There are 26 elements in there and you can track your journey from like currently right now, your current story, where you're sitting right now in your health to where you want to go. Like what dreams dream big, what goals? Like, I've got clients that couldn't fit in in an airplane seat or they needed a a seatbelt extender, you Mm -hmm. know, when they flew because that's just where they ended up and Mm -hmm. with the habits that they've had. But, you know, now with this life book, when I check in with my clients every week, they set a goal for themselves. Okay, I'm going to read maybe five pages this week or I'm going to read this whole element and we're going to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. having that, you know, to keep you on track and, um, yeah, you're not going to get the, uh, the those results that you want like right now, but it's a journey. Yeah. It's an absolute journey. Yeah, shoot for the stars mm-hmm. just in case you hit the moon, because if you failed while landing on the moon, look how far you went. That's right. I love that. I quote. think I think one of the things that I, re- I I know that I changed for myself. I grew up in a in a in a. I don't want to say that's just what my family believed, but I grew up in a group of people that it was. Expect the worst to happen. So if anything better than that happens, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember being in Chicago on my last internship, and a great guy played lacrosse and was a pastor. I went to Texas Christian. Mm-hmm. He said, Virgil, I want you to do me a favor. He got tired of listening to me be Captain Negativity. Mm-hmm. Because for the next 30 days... We're only going to speak of positive things. We're only going to think about things that we want to accomplish. I'm not going to let you go down this road any longer. Not on my, you can't live with me and be like you are. It only took five days and I changed my perception of what an attitude adjustment can mean to your life. It it didn't take very long for me at all. And it was the most important one of it's probably one of the four most important moments of my life was to shift my mind from expect the worst because if something else happens other than terrible, it's a great day to shoot for the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a huge failure. I only landed on the moon. Mm-hmm. Look how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that my definition of fail has really been a problem for me. 
because anything that wasn't immediate, not even victory, dominant victory, if you didn't dominate while you won, that's not good enough. So like me, me setting the bar really low allowed me to win a lot. But like if I won at 20% of where I was versus me shooting for 100, which is an unrealistic star, and I got to 80, I used to think the 20 was a success and 80 was a failure because I didn't get to where I wanted to go. Here I overachieved. Mm -hmm. When I realized, when when he put that model up like that, Mm -hmm. he goes, here's you. Every day is a success, but look look how far you are. Here, every day is a failure to you, and look how much higher you are. That was a moment I'll never forget. So, Courtney Miller, you deserve a lot of credit, buddy, because you changed my life. I'm unbelievably grateful for you for that. So, thank you. Second half of the show is about the things you do to recharge. Mm. And when you are a giver, your batteries get drained. So, you have to do things to recharge your batteries. And historically speaking, but not right now, those things have been doing things that a lot of like-minded people do Mm -hmm. together. That togetherness, the the human connection piece is what recharges the batteries. Now, yes, it's been taken away in some ways, but at the end of the day, we still have, we're going to have them back sooner than later. They generally have been music, theater, sport, family, etc. Okay. When you were growing up, who are your favorite musical bands? Oh, wow. I love this. This is great. When I was growing up, boy, I loved, well, I'm probably jumping to college, but, you know, um, Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. Def Leppard, like the, uh, I know, um, Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> like we jammed to some hot stuff. Oh, oh yeah. gosh. Um, but then also... Even simple as, you know, I guess product of my parents, Elton John, mm-hmm. Phil Collins, U2. U2 is my, like, ultimate. You really? Know, U2 is one of your favorites? Yeah. yeah. They're so um, good. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were definitely in a rock and roll crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we were. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel? Billy Joel. Where'd you see that? Hershey. 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 PA. Yep. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. He's a great showman. Mm-hmm. Great Absolutely. showman. And it doesn't hurt when you got 35 songs yeah. that everybody knows. Yeah, makes right, it, exactly. Makes it better. But what, oh, I'll never forget. It's kind of a regret. You shouldn't, shouldn't live in regret. However, I was leaving to go to college, and I had been invited to go see U2. And I had to be in college for a preseason for volleyball because I was playing collegiate volleyball. Yeah, that's right. So I missed out on a U2 concert. So maybe. I <laughs> <laughs> just, that's just, but that's okay. If they come back around, I'll make sure yep. that you get a chance to awesome. go see that. That'd be great. <laughs> you two puts great. on a whale of a show. Yes. For sure. Mm. Favorite team, university, pro team, growing up? Growing up. Well, PA, you know, Penn State, of course. Mm-hmm. My brother and my sister-in-law, shout out to them. They went to Penn State, and a lot of family members uh, have gone. I uh, also... Loved, you know, the Steelers, Eagles, just because, you know, PA teams. But when I was in college, I decided to choose a team that no one else knew. I didn't really know anything about them. Well, 25 years later, I've been riding the high hog because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I just love it. And it's not even Mahomes. I mean, I seriously have been a fan for 25 years. Is that and, right? Oh, my goodness. And people still like that. 
known me since college are like, do you still like to cheat? I'm like, yes, of course. Like, I'm not a bandwagoner. (laughs) However, um, it gets a little tricky when uh, the Titans are, you know, playing. Yes, it is. The Chiefs or the Steelers or, you know, so. Uh, Well, it's interesting, you know, now that you're in Tennessee, Mm. you can feel the vibe of the Titans when the Titans are good, like we are right now. This city's electric when the Titans are on fire. I would argue that the, the Predators carry a bigger stick, right. but football is more important than hockey in this country. Mm-hmm. But this town is hockey mm-hmm. town oh, yeah. in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how that happened, but it went to epic proportions. Yep. And that's, a, uh, that's an interesting piece to this city. Mm-hmm. And to be able to – that's when it really comes alive. It comes alive with the Preds, the Titans, and all the country music stuff that we have in the, yeah. in the city that shuts the town down and brings people into here, which is really obviously not, not going on right now. But if, have you ever had a chance to go to a Predators game? Not yet. Not oh, yet. you are – Can't God, wait. You, That's on you the deser- bucket list. <laughs> you deserve the right to go see something like that because yep. they've, they've cornered the market on wow. Mm-hmm. You just – like you go there, it's the most fun. I can't wait. I mean, almost all now, like I'd say, I know for a fact, four teams have come to study what we're doing. Wow. To put it more into what they're doing. And you can start to see it starting to show up all across the NHL. Now, they can't do some things that we do because they don't have a hundred famous country music artists <laughs> to come right. out and sing the national anthem every right. night. But, right. but at the end of the day... This is a pretty special place. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Absolutely. Just just in love with it. Like, mm-hmm. my brother's lived here for 19 years, and we'd come to visit and loved it then, but mm-hmm. I just, what a great move. Like, I can't even believe that Kirk's been here that long, oh. and I've never, I didn't even know it. Oh. Like, I was like, when I saw when you first posted that you were here, I'm like, on, what has brought you to here? Right. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming to be with my brother. I'm like, oh my God, Kirk's been here for how long? Yeah. 20 years, yeah. and I haven't known? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, life is, life is life's not afraid to throw you some change-ups right no doubt Absolutely. traveling any any place that you've traveled that were like so special to you well i did go on a mission trip to honduras what was that like oh life-changing really i, I really talk about an attitude of gratitude oh right there coming back from that and that was back in 2003 so many years ago yeah. but it's just it's still in my heart you know the just to go and serve, just serve and it, loving, <laughs> serve and love. Yeah. That's, I just, I can't imagine like, cause I've not done anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've been to, I've been to a bunch of places similar, mm-hmm. but not on a mission. Mm-hmm. I'm there as a, either coaching golf mm-hmm. or vacationing. Right. So even though I might've been in a place that was like that, I was at the, an American ish resort right. while doing it. <laughs> um, they don't even care that you're an American when you're there. They don't care about anything other than the fact that there are so many people out there that are begging for just a little bit mm-hmm. that they don't care about. And like that is so replenishing to the soul. Oh, yeah. Like to me, I can, I, I was, I'd love to get your, just like a little quick cliff note version of your trip to Honduras there because I can't imagine what that was like. Mm. So. <sighs> It really made me take many steps back. I mean, literally, we are just uh, the the land of abundance here. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it almost made me feel 
selfish at times that I had so much mm-hmm. and, and well, that I was given so much and have the opportunities to do so much. And, not, and I wasn't feeling bad for them. I just wanted to provide for them whatever I could. Mm-hmm. The little boys and girls, their big brown eyes looking up at you and, um, we did some exercising while we were there too. So we would like run through the, you know, the dirt, the dirt streets and visited some of the huts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and shacks and just talk about mind blowing. I mean, I can just take myself back there. Just the, uh, I just, it's overwhelming. Like yeah. it really is very, it makes me very emotional yeah. because you just feel like you want to scoop them all up and, and, bring them to the land of abundance and obviously we can't do that so because of that um i've been to many christian concerts as well which are so wonderful Mm -hmm. michael w smith i mean you name it casting crowns which is a story in itself i had to leave casting crowns concert at intermission because i was giving birth to my (laughs) youngest daughter (laughs) it was like a movie scene but anyway um through one of those concerts, I um, our family is involved with Child Fund International now, oh, cool. and we sponsor a child. We've been sponsoring Susanta, and he's from India for my goodness four years, I believe, just to give a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's another dream of mine good to go see him in person. We oh, write letters cool. and uh, we get photographs and we send photographs, and just to know that 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 soul that Susanta and his family are out there mm-hmm. is just I. It, yeah, it's yeah, I would imagine one of the biggest pains because it is for me too. Although I'm not in that regard, but you can't save. All right, you can't save them. No, so you just have to be the best that you That's can right. and understand the situation that you're in and be the best that you can be in that moment mm-hmm. because you can't save them all. And it's I would imagine that's probably the hardest thing. He's like, well, if I could just put them all on a plane and get them, they could live a life so different, yeah. but it's just not possible. Yeah. Nope. Uh, but it's such a beautiful heart to have to do that. Right. So that's hats off to you on that. Well, thank you. And I well, and that's why I feel here. Like, what what can I do here? Yeah. You know, like this this opportunity presented itself to me. So I'm seizing it. <laughs> I'm just holding on and climbing. Like I just want to do that or whatever I can for people here. Yeah. You know, one hundred percent. I know that friends. Uh, we had an unbelievable friend group as, uh, and like, it's funny because we go literally the first 23 years of our life accruing a ton of friends. <laughs> and it's almost like the tree shedding leaves in November. You graduate from college mm-hmm. and like your, your friend pile goes from like a thousand to eight in a right. day. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I've lost track of literally every person I went to college with except one mm-hmm. and I haven't spoken to him in in like on the phone. No, he'll send me a Facebook message here and there or a text me. I haven't spoken to him in over a year. Mm-hmm. And but the cool thing about our friend group, you know, cuz like Mark is a perfect example. I haven't seen Mark now since Christie's wedding and uh at Key West. That's a long time ago. And he wasn't even, like, he wasn't, he was there, but he wasn't there for the wedding. He was there on vacation. And I'm sitting, I'm there, I'm sitting at this, and I'm like, wait a second. I think that's, hey, Mark. And he's like, 
who's yelling my name? Oh, my goodness. Wow. I haven't seen him in person since then. Right. But I, when I talk to him, it's like I've just walked across the yard mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. for the 25,000th time. Exactly. And that's the cool thing. So I, I know you, you have a – well, it may, may, may have gotten squished this year, but you've had the annual – uh, get together with the two Christies and Jen. Yes. What what is it like to hang out with friends from the past? Mm. Mm. It really is good for the soul. Isn't oh it? my! It just warms my heart. I mean, a lot of things warm my heart, obviously, but yeah. I, I, it does. I and you're right. Uh, same thing with with our friend Brandy. Like I, yes. it's been a couple years, but it's just like no time has passed at all, and. That camaraderie, that connection, that sense of belonging. I mean, how blessed have we been? Mm-hmm. You know, you and I, yeah, like, I, no I walked in the room and we just, like, hugged and it just, everything came back, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that it was ever gone, but, like, the years have separated us, yep. but the hearts never will. That's right. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Wait, now, what what is it like? Just give me a a, a one day snippet of something that you guys have done. That that because I, I follow along, it's kind of funny. But what are, like you guys went up to Cora Christie list, uh, Christie Darling now, mm-hmm. you know, last time, right? Mm-hmm. What you guys do? Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, of course we hung out. Oh yeah. Um, we may have had a few drinks by the pool. Oh, maybe. <laughs> and of course, we talked about high school. So, you know, again, that connection and just feeling free. And you don't have to explain anything to any. They, they get you. You, yeah. you know, that's what friends and family, they, they just get you. And they support you. And they love you for who you are. And they know your inner being. Mm-hmm. And so that time together, that girls weekend, yeah, it, it truly was um, just seeing each other after however many years, mm-hmm. just truly looking at each other's eyes and feeling each other's souls and hearts and just sharing, just sharing that. And, you know, we may have had a few crazy Uber Uber rides, but <laughs> um, from dinner. And That's just stuff. part of the story. That is part of the story. Uh, so, so good. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, and that's, but that's who we become. Yeah. You know, those, those memories shape us. And uh, yeah, just, I, I just, just so blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I'd like to pass on to the, the people out there, uh, some people aren't having problems with this, some people are, but human connection is such a valuable piece to our life and between the phones and life and certainly the pandemic we've been stripped of in some cases the amount of human connection that we had have right now is probably 15 percent of what it was 20 years ago mm-hmm. now that's been taken away but i've noticed recently i've had more than just one comeback story of like I haven't seen someone in a long time. Right. And it does an amazing job of like recharging you, maybe even resetting your foundations because you're connected with somebody that saw you from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know? And I would always tell people to be in search of in search of chasing the stars, mm-hmm. but don't lose touch of the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. And that balance, like there has to be a balancing act between reach and stretch, mm-hmm. come back down. Reach and stretch and come back down. It's such an important part of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
that just popped into my head because, like, obviously, as we said, I haven't seen you in 29 years. <laughs> and just to know what it has done for me in this podcast, not to, one, just to get to know you and share your story, but like, it almost feels like I'm like I'm I'm not sitting behind you. I'm sitting face to face. I feel like I'm in Spanish class again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. Well, final question. Yeah. And this is one of my stock lines. I veer off between four or five questions, <laughs> but this one is the one that matters to me a lot, and it comes from one of my favorite social media uh, followers. His name is Jason Silva, and he's a spiritual guy, but he's also part of a of a larger group of people that are in search of the of how we access more flow in our life. His name is Jason Silva. And he posed a, a thought, which was, everybody experiences three deaths. Hmm. The day that you find out you're going to die, the day that you die, and your final death is the last time anybody ever mentions your name. Hmm. Wow. What are you going to do <laughs> to extend the third life? What are you doing in your life to make people in their heart remember Jody Dillon? Mm. Well, I just know that I do have a lot to offer, mm -hmm. whether that be a listening ear, uh, a, a gift in literally, or, you know, just uh, through words of advice. Mm -hmm. I know that the compassion that I can show others and uh, the kindness and being there for others, it will go beyond. And I, I have actually thought about this before because with part of my trainings and making myself gain wisdom and, and grow, not even change, but grow. I mean, that's what I'm looking for growth. And a lot of times, you know, they make us think about what's pushing you? Like what, what is motivating you? And a lot of times I want to say, well, it's not the, uh, it's not being popular. It's not being known. Um, because my kids will get into that conversation. Were you popular in high school? And my answer is always no, no, I, I, I wasn't. But I guess if you maybe would ask our you know, the other people that we graduated with, maybe, maybe, but I didn't, I never saw myself that way. I just always wanted to be there for everybody. And mm -hmm. I just sure hope, I, I don't know. I sure hope that I was, and I have been, and I will be. So however, this all plays out, yeah. you know, in the end that I gave people a, a chance at life. Yeah, you know, and and an opportunity to to live their best life. Yeah, yeah. You're popular. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. I guess you were too then. <laughs> I hung out in the right group. <laughs> well, help uh, my listeners find you. How can they get in touch with you? Whether they're they know that they need a plan or they don't know that they need a plan, right? But they maybe just need somebody to talk to. Right. Absolutely. How can my listeners best find you and your your work? Mm. So in any way that I can bridge that gap, you know, that's that's important to me. And I'm on Facebook, Jody Dillman, Jody with an I, Dillman with an I. Mm -hmm. um, and so I can be found on Facebook. And also, um, even if you just want to send an email, Jody Dillman, real easy, all together, Jody Dillman at gmail.com. Perfect. It's real simple. 
Well, Jody, I can't thank you enough for coming here to uh, share your story and get a chance to see it for the I first know. time in a long time. I love it. Well, I, I strongly encourage you if if you're if you're on the fence of not knowing whether you need or want change, growth, that's not going to hurt to reach out to hear a voice that cares and never knowing where the first step can lead you. It's really one of the most challenging things when facing evolutionary growth. The hardest step is the first step. And the first step here could be just a simple message on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Could you please call me? Here's my number. Could you email me a better contact information so we can meet face-to-face or talk? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we just need to move forward. It doesn't have to be a doesn't have to be a gigantic step. A step in the right direction is the first step that's all that required. Jody, thank you for coming on the verge. Thank you, my friend. Cure is focused on providing natural alternatives to aid with current or previous medical conditions. Cure does this by providing therapeutic properties of natural cannabinoid formulations for multiple uses, whether internally or externally. Ask your physical therapist or your primary care physician if cannabinoids are right for you, or check out their website, www.curemich.com. Cure. Cannabis used for research and education. On the Verge is produced by Chase Akers. If you've enjoyed the show, leave a five-star rating and write a review. Click subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode.